Hey guys, I want to welcome you to the weekly Wednesday for the Financial Freedom Newsletter, where every week, every Wednesday, we delve into something inspirational, motivational, something excerpt taken from the Financial Freedom Weekly Newsletter. Wherever you are, if you're listening on Spotify, on iTunes, Google, be sure to click the like, subscribe, share, comment. Without ado, let's get into the show. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Hey guys, welcome to this week's podcast episode. I have a very interesting and unique guest on the show today. His name is Jake Tullis. He's a blockchain hedge fund manager. We'll find out about all what that means. And he's going to talk about transforming his life through consistency. He's going to talk about fitness, um, finding happiness. And he's also going to talk about the work that he does with his blockchain hedge fund. And just as a quick disclaimer, it's this is not financial advice. We are just discussing topics and always do your due diligence. So Jake, welcome. Thank you for having me, Chris. I uh, appreciate the disclaimer. I <laughs> never forget it. <laughs> you might hear it a few more times because <laughs> the line of work I do and my partners, they're always very, you know, like, oh, you got to make sure when I make the content. So I appreciate you uh, making that disclaimer and having me on the show. I'm excited. These are all topics that I uh, am very passionate about. So Yeah. Uh, I think the work that you do is uh, really interesting. It's just attracted a lot of uh, bad people. And especially from the events of last year, we have to be very mindful as influencers, you know, how we come across and, you know, for the safety of the audience. So um, tell people about your story, your background, how you got started, and uh, we'll get we'll get right into it. Yeah, I'll... I will attempt to be concise. That is a struggle that I have, <laughs> very detail-oriented. So I feel like I have to mention every detail. Um, but you know, my career started young. I've always been interested in making money myself. I have a authority issue, conformity issue, whatever you want to call it. I've been fired from every job I've had. Um, I think I had nine jobs, just really struggle with taking direction from anyone. So I had quite the tumultuous career. I started pushing lawns so I could build a PC to play World of Warcraft. And I kind of got my tech bug then. I was probably 12 or 13. Taught myself how to program websites, phone apps. Then eventually I had a software development company. Exited that in 2016. Had some startups after that. And Throughout my kind of, I guess, Web2 entrepreneurial experience, I had a really awful uh, time with the bank. Hmm. To spare any risks here, I, I just went into this bank. I had to deposit and transfer 60000 to Islamabad, Pakistan. That's where I had around 12 developers at the time. And I was 19, and they thought I was a terrorist cell. So the banker <laughs> lied to me. And they locked me in the banker room until someone from the FBI field office could come down. 
<laughs> and uh, talk to me, you know, for two hours about why I was wiring money to, you know, a terrorist state or a, a state nation that's on a specific list. I forget at this point, I totally was terrified and didn't care at all. I just felt violated. So from that moment on, I was like, there's got to be a better way. I don't like this at all. And that kind of led me down Ripple. That was probably my first investment, my first intrigue um, into blockchain. And since 2017, I haven't really looked back. I got the bug. I just love the technology. I love the creators in the space. It's really where you're going to find the smartest and brightest in terms of computer science. It's the bleeding edge. That's where I like to live. So yeah, just, you know, trauma with a traditional bank and saying, screw it, don't want to do that. You know, that it was a pretty, pretty crappy experience for sure. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's quite interesting because um, your story resonates with a lot of uh, millennials and Gen Z and basically the financial system kind of shutting out and just kind of limiting access and kind of giving favoritism to the rich elites and then kind of uh, screwing over Main Street. So um, like this whole industry, um, again, I when you're talking about a leading edge and especially with the uh, crypto industry or blockchain, you know, it's kind of like technology. And it's kind of this gardener hype cycle where it's just like people get in. It's really interesting, but then it attracts a lot of scams and bad actors. But it's also enabled a lot of um, uh, creators such as yourself and others kind of to uh, create this ecosystem, you know, to make a living, actually thrive and do well. You know, again, we always have to throw caution against the scammers and the, the bad actors out there, um, which is quite interesting. So, you know, I totally resonate with your idea idea i became an entrepreneur because i was i did not want to be i did not like being told what to do by just some yeah. arbitrary person so um you know we share the same <laughs> belief structures so i and i'm sure it resonates with a lot of others so absolutely especially if they're listening to productive podcasts it's not a very sexy thing to do right so <laughs> yeah yourself back for tuning into stuff like this and and finding your uh you know your like kind souls out here in this world um yeah. To, to that point, I the best argument I have for for blockchain, and it's an argument I make constantly for my fund. It's I personally am a value investor. I believe that you should not invest in anything to which you're going to let go of in the next five years, and you should not use any capital that you would need in the next five years. And for you to have enough conviction to hold technology for five years with it being so fast paced and innovative, you have to really understand what you are buying. And that's the first rule of investing in general. Now, I subscribe to very successful, long standing strategies like dollar cost averaging, which is super simple for the average person to do to set up. It could take 10 minutes. And if it was just 5% of what you're investing for retirement, Blockchain consistently, if you zoom out and relax, can return easily 20 to 200% in large cap assets that are very conservative. And compounding that over a 10, 20 year period compared to the S&P 500 or uh, treasury bills or any other asset that you'd be choosing, uh, it just it's unmatched. You could retire earlier. You could have more liquidity younger to do, make bigger moves to set your family up financially, things like that, where 
the biggest problem we have in this space are the crypto bros, the the degens, the 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 people who are trying to, you know, like you said, create an ecosystem by being a creator and a contributor in content, but they just are click farming. You know, that's why my growth has been slow and steady because I don't talk about things to get clicks. I genuinely want to help people understand basic principles of not only the technology, but investing in general. Um, it's served me well over the past six years. And to date in this market, I'm up 80%. I personally just want to share all of that with people to help them achieve whatever yeah. goals they have, you know? Yeah. Yeah. It's quite interesting because uh, I, I was giving a talk to the Maze Business School because I got into um, Bitcoin really early in 2012. And um, yeah. I never talked of it in terms of a speculative as a standpoint. I always talked about it in terms of a diversification. And, you know, like I said, you don't have all your portfolio in one asset class because if that asset class goes away, you're SOL. So you always want to diversify you want to have like small bets and kind of riskier and you want to have like big bets in like very safe and stable and so um kind of talk about this from uh invest what are the advantages of blockchain you talked about the higher returns you know of course the higher volatility higher risk but you know a lot of countries are looking for example bitcoin or ethereum and they're saying that these asset classes new asset classes they're really early but they have a lot of unique properties that you can't find in, you know, stocks or real estate. So kind of talk about those advantages. Well, before I get into that, I'm going to push back on you a little bit because it, if you're diversifying, that means you have different goals than someone who might be hyper-focused. I'll give you an example. My mentor, he's probably worth a hundred million maybe. And I would say 99% of his net worth is in real estate. Now, inside of real estate, he diversifies in the sense that he has hotels, apartments, commercial, residential, single family homes, right? Those are all different subsects of that focus. But his goal was to retire at 30 and diversifying will not get you, right? Uh, so I, I would I would say to anyone that is trying to get wealthy as soon as possible, I, I think focus and massive risk is how you do it. I personally am 100% in crypto so i don't know if you'd like me i'm just kind of looking at the edge in that way but uh i also feel like i have a responsibility to, to really live behind what i preach and what i teach and the funds i manage so if it's like if my funds down 20 percent, brother i'm down more i promise you like my entire net worth is in this thing uh and and really the the advantages so that, that's my first thing and then Answering your specific question, the advantages of blockchain, there are instruments that are very conservative, but you wouldn't see them that way if you didn't understand the technology. That would be my first thing. And then the second thing really is understanding how to remain safe and how to practice good standards. So you got to you got it's hard to imagine because we live in the modern world, but this technology has not even hit broadband yet if we're talking about the advent of the internet and the arc of innovation and, and creation in, in technology so this is like having a server in 91 without a firewall not even knowing what that is it didn't exist right like you're you're as vulnerable as possible disney put out a website in 91 you know 89 that's when dot com you know the internet the government had been building it 40 years you know just 
under the hood. No one knew about it. 1989, it became commercially available. That's what dot com means. And there were a crazy amount of uh, vulnerabilities exposed in the first five to seven years of technology. It's just how it goes. The smart, it's a doggy dog world. You know, the smartest of the smartest will set up ways to steal from the uh, early adopters that are not technical savvy. And that's just how it's always been. Um, So I I would, I would urge people to do again, this is why I teach this stuff. The fundamentals, understanding what your wallet is, what the private keys are and understanding how you're safe and why. I feel like that is where I would start because after you get that fundamental understanding and comfortability, you would find a lot of conservative options. Um, one of which would be ether. It's a very cool asset. It, it, it acts like a treasury bill with way more upside. And the fact that you can own it, it could appreciate anywhere from, I, I personally have a price target of Ethereum at around 10,000 in the next uh, 18 to 24 months. You, you could get 800% and also be getting a 5% yield by staking. And when it's staked, it's as safe as it can be. But all of that probably sounds like gibberish to the day one crypto person, right? So always recommend learning the basics first to, to get comfortable in doing that. But again, like 5% of your portfolio could outperform, you know, for the average person that isn't crazy like me, like really 5% is a modest you should already have that allocated to high growth. You know what I mean? Like it's a modest amount that could absolutely outperform the other 95% of your 401k IRA or whatever else you have going on. So it's worth eating glass. You know, the people that eat glass before the rest, by the time it's normal and easy and you don't even know you're using the technology, all the gains are gone. It's going to be as stable as stocks. You know, be bold. That would be my advice to get those advantages. Just be bold and, and, you know, read the articles, watch the videos, be on podcasts like this with smarter people and uh, just learn. Yeah. You make a lot of good points. And uh, especially if you know what you're doing, if you basically have an edge in the, then, you know, focus, of course, if you want to kind of spread your risk and kind of just have some exposure, you know, diversify, you're you're not going to make as much, but, you know, at least you have some exposure and, um, but it's, you know, there's really a technological learning curve and it's like huge. It's like, if you don't understand that you're, you're, you're lost, like, you know, setting up a wallet, you know, how to, how to safeguard your private keys, you know, how to, all these things, how to, you know, all these scammers on discord and telegram and all, you know, social media, you know, but they say that's the wild, wild west. So, but kind of talk about, go ahead. Sorry. I was going to say, yeah, just, just so people know this, cause I, I try to talk about this all the time on my videos, any creators videos in my space, you will see random accounts saying <laughs> thanks to XYZ. <laughs> I withdrew my Bitcoin finally or something like that. Those are all scams. Yeah. Those are, those are all scams and they're everywhere. They're on YouTube. Like wherever I make a video, I got four to five of them trying to get you to DM them and get your keys. So just yeah. literally ignore all of that. No one in ever that's credible will ever, ever, ever ask for your keys, nor will they even store them. Yeah. Like if you make a MetaMask wallet, they give you your keys. You cannot recover it. There's no customer support line. <laughs> they don't even have it. You know, if they get hacked somehow, there's nothing for someone to take. They don't store anything, any personally identifying information at all. 
it's yeah. on the blockchain. Your public yeah. key is after you make the wallet. That's it. So yeah, Kinsey, I just wanted to get that dig in because I I recently been contacted about that scam and I just want to bring awareness <laughs> to it. Yeah, or people just you know putting kind of like malicious links and just like don't click on any links. You know, kind of if they say something, kind of verify it through the you know original source. You know, don't go through them. 98, 99% of DMs are scams, so. Like, ignore them, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, so talk about, uh, what is this? Um, you talk about how the future of technology will unfold in the next 10, 20, 30 years, especially Web3, AI, digital assets, you know, creators. Talk about that. Yeah, I, I think about that a lot, man. It, I probably don't sleep enough because of it, because I'm so excited, but contemplative always in 10 years i believe online and on chain will be indistinguishable i i think online will almost expire as an idea uh or maybe on chain and online will be synonymous if there won't be a distinction between the two yeah fundamentally we need to understand that blockchain and going on chain and all this other stuff either through blockchain or you know dag or hashgraph whatever it is distributing computing in general is an order of magnitude better and in computer science that has been true always like that theory has been true always the issue is moore's law was not there yet we had to catch up the difference now is retail customers are walking around with enough computing power that it was like the size of you know the twin towers of computers back in the day just in your phone you know what i mean like that much computing power relative to you know the 70s to now is in your phone like you can borrow a marginal amount of computing storage and, and processing power from devices at a retail price and pool a collective amount of it greater than the cost of mass producing under one company so I, to make that simpler right now amazon owns every um step of the stack right they own the ui that you they own the servers they own your logging credentials your transaction history it's all theirs it's all jeff bezos uh you know property and you agree to all of their terms when you use <laughs> the software right that's how it works and yeah. the bottleneck to their ability to support a growing population is predicated on their their budget and that's purely it where if they could have every customer contribute a little bit when they use the software, they would dramatically reduce their cost. They would dramatically improve their security because the more nodes on a network, the more random it is and the more difficult it is to compromise. There, I could list off 20 reasons why distributing computing as a theory is greater than monolithic structures. And that is why People need to understand like the basics of this are here to stay. Even if Bitcoin goes away or something else, the fact that there's a distributed public ledger that is maintained by millions of nodes is far more secure than any monolithic structure with a single point of failure. Um, and there's just like these fundamental truths of this technology that you can't argue. And all we're doing is speculating on what will last as this long tail of adoption sets in so I, I believe in 10 years we will have everything on chain or some form of distributed computing network will support 
everything we interact with from real world assets, stocks, bonds to um, video games with NFTs and everything else. I'm very confident you won't even know that you're interacting with tokens and worried about a wallet. You know, our interface, it's so hard for people to imagine, but eventually the UI and UX will be seamless. You won't even know it's different because we're talking about an infrastructural change to computing as we know it. Yeah. And right now, if I were to walk up to 100 strangers, I bet one could tell me how it works today. So it's not like anything's going to change from, you know, a customer's perspective or the people that might be listening to this podcast. It's just that technology is profound. In, in 20 years, I, I feel like the majority of our work and play will be virtual. Yeah. If you were to analyze your life and go back 10 years, 20 years, what percent increase are you spending online? Online, oh, probably sixty percent, sixty or seventy. It's like uh, it's like all on like social media. It's like LinkedIn and Instagram, like Twitter, just like creating stuff. Um, you know, watching stream right. videos, YouTube. It's everywhere, right? Yeah, you're on the internet. I mean, if you if your router goes down in your house, how useless do you feel? You know. Yeah, I, yeah, it's like your SOL. <laughs> Take the day off. Yeah, I can't do anything. I got all my jokes and like I got nothing. Yeah. I gotta go to this library I haven't been in in four years because I prefer podcasts. I can't even listen to those. Literally, uh, we've spent so much more time. And do you think that trend, that direction that society and the world is walking, is going to change or decrease? Do you see a, a, a curtail of that behavior? Well, I see more like people are going to put on like their Oculus or like their HoloLens or something and then just go into like these uh, metaverse rooms and interact with people. They could, I mean, we could be doing a podcast in a metaverse and or, you know, kind of can, people can be like basically a virtual Twitter, basically go to the town square and yeah. just tweet, tweet, <laughs> keep tweeting, you know. That's what I'm suggesting, you know, it, it, that behavior, that social trend is is only increasing over time we're only spending more and more time online our social notoriety online is more and more important we, we even see digital property rights becoming an actual concern cancel culture is an attack against digital property rights all of these things are congruent and symbiotic with blockchain technology you know it, it, there's no sense in build why isn't a metaverse here well there's no sense in investing billions and billions and billions of dollars on a public digital space that cannot be instantly monetized. And you don't have the ability to actually own things. What blockchain allows us to do, amongst a lot of other things, is establish digital property rights. The difference between me walking around in an Oculus on Minecraft is that Minecraft is owned by, I think, Microsoft or whoever the developer is. They own everything, and you got to pay to be there and all this other stuff, where in the metaverse, we all could own every blade of grass. Like, there will be a deed, a token, an NFT, some form of way of establishing a, a chain of ownership, no different than a home, for a pixel-by-pixel, pixel, you know, space in this town square that you talk about. Um, yeah. And it's 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 the unlocking of digital property rights is what is what's going to create that world, and that is as true as time. No nation succeeds without property rights. That's mm -hmm. just a fact. 
if there's no property rights, there's zero incentive for anyone to do anything. The only reason mm -hmm. we're on the on this podcast right now is because you own this cast and I own whatever content from this. It's mine. That's my incentive. If I didn't own anything and I had no way of making money, why would I even be here? Why would you be here? We wouldn't, is my point. We would be like in war, probably as children. That's what happens. Like go go look at Africa where yeah. there's no property rights and tell me if it's a nice place, you know? For us to advance, we need digital property rights and blockchain delivers that amongst a lot of other things. But yeah, yeah. 10, 20, 30 years, it's going to be a different world. That's not even talking about AI. That's just blockchain. Like AI is going to run through the human genome project. I, I don't think we're going to have any disease that we can't cure by 2050. Like, I don't know. It's good you're doing podcasts because I feel like, you know, AI and robots are going to take a lot of jobs, everyone's job. I mean, doctors, lawyers, we got smart contracts and AI that can do a lawyer's job. Like, that's it's not that hard at this point, you know? So, yeah, we'll just do all of our verbal agreements and smart contracts, run it through a validator if someone did something <laughs> wrong, and then have an instant decision because there's clear breach. Like, there's no arguing. Like, I think we're all screwed. Um so hopefully everyone can diversify because I think content will always be here. I Ever since 1954, TV has encapsulated us and it's only done more. It's just the, the medium has changed over time. But still, this is probably the most secure income we could have. How can people contact you, follow you, reach out to you, check out your work, you know, follow you on social, etc.? Yeah, just my handle, JT Knows Things. Um, from there, you can find my link tree. And take a look at, you know, everything I'm working on, the, my hedge fund, my consulting firm, uh, my content, of course. And uh, from there, yeah, we can we can talk or if you need help with anything and you're you're confused, if you're setting up a wallet or something, I, I'd love to help. That's why I make this content. So <laughs> yeah. reach out. Yeah. And uh, let's thank Jake for coming on. He's a really interesting character and, uh, you know, a lot of interesting ideas and um and with that, thanks so much for coming on to the podcast. Thank you, Chris. It was a pleasure. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDIC. I hope you really enjoyed that wonderful, inspirational, motivational piece. Again, if you, wherever you are listening, if you liked it, be sure to like, comment, share, subscribe. We're on everywhere, Spotify, iTunes, Google, Amazon, Audible. And without much ado, be sure to thank this show's sponsors, and we'll see you next week.